to Psalms 118. Now I've got to work on trying to see what I'm supposed to say and work with that. What do you think of the message of that song? <laughs> Psalms 118. And my, my hearing aids did blow up. They got a three-year warranty on them. My wife wore them out in a year and two months. All right, so that's why I have problems with my hearing. And a uh, little Bible trivia, Psalms 118. Psalms 118.8 is the middle verse in your King James Bible. If you start at the beginning and come to the middle of that verse, the two middle words are the Lord. There's something if you ever go to Jeopardy and they ask that, you're ready to go. Psalms 118, let's look at verse 24, which will be our text verse. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Of all courses we sing this evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. I get asked a lot of times, how are you doing today? Are you having a good day? And my answer is always the same. I always have a good day. And I thought I'd sit down, just, this is going to be as simple as peanut butter and jelly, how to have a good day. Don't have a bad one. All right, Brother Stanley, no, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that simple. And I tell them, I don't schedule a bad one. I had a bad one about 52 years ago, and I didn't like it, and decided I'm not going to have another one. And uh, you said, Brother Farber, you're crazy. That's another way to have a good day, is just be totally crazy. Uh, I, I've, because of the situations in my home, I, I learned to cook. I learned to bake. Uh, a lot, anybody from up north, this time of year, you're in, inside baking all the time, baking cookies and everything else. I, I heard the Stanleys are thinking about baking cookies and passing them out on the airplane, uh, is what my son <laughs> told Jason said that told him. And so I'd say, I'm sorry, my kids are crying this whole trip or whatever. But anyways, uh, they do a lot of baking and things like that. Uh, sometimes you, you can put a recipe together, and it just doesn't work out. Well, it's not wise to do the same recipe again to make sure it doesn't work out. A good illustration is when my wife, when we moved to the south, and she started making biscuits. And the first set of biscuits she made, I mean, she was so proud. She got them out, ready to go. And uh, then there was always a second attempt to go with it. Uh, we tried to get a contract with the National Hockey League and be able to work with that. Now, uh, you know, I always have a good day. Honestly, I don't have a bad day. Uh, as we move through different stages of life, the pastor talks about you have to readjust things. Uh, because if you try to live in your 70s like you were in your 20s, you're going to have some bad days because you're going to find out you just can't do it. So pastor was good enough to just give us two points Sunday night, and so I'm making up for it. I've got ten points. But they, they won't take long, and the announcements weren't long, and the, the beginning songs weren't long, so we're going to get cranked right into it. i got ten, ten ways to have a good day. First, number one, get up early enough that you don't have to rush. I'm shocked at the number of people that crawl in, and we don't have it in our office, but I, I, they get up, and it looks like they just, they wore the same clothes to bed that they, well, a lot of folks do go to Walmart with the same clothes they wore, uh, but, but they're, 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 they're rushed. They, they don't take time to, to clean, to shave, or shower, or anything like that. Just go, 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 and they can't get it done. And, uh, the, and by the way, when you start off late, you're always behind. You're pushing and pushing and pushing, trying to get things going. You say, you got a verse for that. Yes, she riseth early, rises also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maids. So that's designed. Ladies, you get up early, cook the, bake the biscuits, get the bacon going, the grits, and the eggs. I mean, it's in the book. I mean, you got to go with it. No, listen, uh, realize the, 
get the microwave going and put the instant grits in, you know, help him out. Get the coffee pot and the carriage so it at least is ready to roll. Or have the timer set the night before, right, and you're ready to go with it. No, but realize the importance, you know, if you're going to start off late every morning, you're always going to be rushing and pushing, and all of a sudden you get caught in traffic and you get upset. And what are we going to do? You know, I'm going to be late. This is happening. Get up early enough that you don't have to rush through things. And I'm getting some daggers at me right now from the young people, all right? Uh, you know, it, it's, when you walk into your class in high school and you're still wiping sleep out of your eyes, all right, that means you didn't get up early. Or if you're still hugging your teddy bear while you come in, all right, it's just not good. But you want to have a good day, get up early. Now, why? So you can get your day started. And understand, if you're going to get your day started right, the second thing I have is read your Bible and pray in the morning. Spend time with God in the morning. Of course, we know the passage of 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, uh, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. Verse 133 of Psalms 110, order my steps in thy word. It's hard for God to order your steps in the word if you don't spend time in the word. Lord, show me what you want me to do today. Well, get, get in, the, in the map here. Get in the directions. This ought to be your GPS. God provided steps. All right? Get in the word of God. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time with God so he can take care of those things. David said in Psalms 5.3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. But so many times folks get pushed because they get up late, they don't plan their day, and they're going, oh, I've got to hurry and do this. Uh, they, they don't spend time with God. Well, I'm going to read my Bible. Yeah, it's, it's when you come to the end of the day and you say, oh, I've got I to do my catechism or I've got to do my rosary. I've got to check things off so I can say I read my Bible. And, and it, it's not by osmosis when you fall asleep and it falls on your face. If you'll start things out in the morning with God, you say, well, that means I'd have to get up earlier. What a novel idea. Now, things change as you go through different stages of life. Pastor and I... <laughs> Somebody woke him up. But uh, <laughs> Pastor and I, when I first came here, we used to both pull into the parking lot at 6.30 in the morning and in, the, in our office, all right? And he didn't say, Brother Farber, you've got to be here at this time. That's just what I was used to doing. When I pastored, I, was, I had folks come join my church because I, they saw my car in the parking lot at 6.30 in the morning while they were going to work. So we never saw a preacher up that early doing anything. We figured you must be doing something. No, I just left the car there for overnight. No, no, uh, but I was there. I didn't have a secretary at the time. I would turn around and I'd, I'd type out all my visitors' letters for, from Sunday that uh, folks' visitors and different things I had doing and whatever and, and take care of business because I also taught in a Christian school and different things that were going on that I kept busy with. But realize the importance of getting up in the morning and spending time with God, walking with God. David said in Psalms 59, 16, But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud in, of thy mercy in the morning. You said, my voice isn't good in the morning. The Bible says make a joyful noise. All right? And if you're talking to God, he's pleased with it. But it's amazing how it will change your attitude for the day. If you'll spend time with God and, and, and not turn around and say, oh, I, I'm behind here, I'm behind here, what should I do? Psalms 143 says, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. In the morning. What, what do folks, most folks do in the morning? They're griping, complaining, I've got to get up, what am I going to do? Uh, you're not going to have a good day. I want to have a good day. I don't want a bad day. I don't schedule a bad day. I don't ever plan on having a bad day. You say, well, Brother Harvey, what if something happens that it's going to be a bad day? I, I don't mess with it. Uh, take pride in your appearance. By the way, this is all the time. 
Say, it's my day off. Well, you ought to still take pride in your appearance. Well, I'm sick. Well, get up, get dressed. Ladies, make your face. Guys, comb your hair, shave your face. Go on. It's my day off. I don't have to shave. Yeah, so you look like a booger bear on your day off. I'm sorry. I'm old-fashioned. All right? I, 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 <laughs> I get up and shave when I'm on vacation. I have basically the same schedule on vacation as I do on, on other things, except I'm on a cruise and I eat more. But other than that, I'm st- you got to get up so you can eat. All right? <laughs> That's all the food you can eat. But stop and realize the importance of uh, getting up. Take, take pride in your appearance. Uh, if I'm counseling somebody that's sick and having a rough time or, or getting in, been in the hospital and they have to be home in rehab for a while and stuff like that, I tell them, get up, make yourself, get, get yourself ready, get dressed. You go, don't run around in your jammies and don't run, oh, I'm just so terrible. You're talking yourself into feeling rotten. So get up and take care of yourself. All right, get dressed. Uh, now, now this, my wife doesn't do this because she's got such a great husband. She does that because she's got character. I come home from work or for lunch. She's got her hair done. She's got her makeup on. She's all dressed, look pretty good, unless I sneak in early. And then it might be curls in the hair or whatever, and she scurries back into the bathroom and gets it all done and then sprays with a hairspray where you, you got to call, the, you know, and, and get the fumigation thing get going and whatever, go on. But anyways, no, she takes care of herself. Uh, and it's, by the way, she's helped a lot of ladies when, you know, when they are coming out of the hospital or had sickness and whatever. She tells them the same thing. Uh, you, you had a major event in your life. Right? Get up in the morning, spend time with God, uh, get back on your schedule, do what you can. I, there's, there's two days in my life that I don't remember reading my Bible. And that's after I had heart surgery. I don't remember anything. All right? uh, I would, they wiped me out. They had drugged me up. But other than that, you know, I have the same schedule. You say, isn't your life boring? You have the same schedule all the time? Hey, I'm the guy with a happy life. I got a happy wife, happy wife, happy life. My hearing aids are broke. So I can't hear what she's saying. Life is wonderful, all right? T- take care of your parent- appearance, what you do. Psalmist said, I will, uh, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you just the way you are. So you take care of God's vessel that he's given you. And take care of yourself. Right? That doesn't mean, listen, if you're out working the yard, I don't expect to be in a shirt and tie, guys. But if you're out working the yard, you still ought, ought, ought to look decent. Right? I, I, <laughs> again, you understand, I'm old. Uh, but but I, I, I'm shocked at the folks that turn around and, well, I, I'm Reverend so-and-so. And honestly, I, I'm glad our, our pastors don't look like them and dress like him. You know, you've heard pastors say, well, folks walk up to you, you must be a preacher. Why? Because he dresses like a preacher. He acts like a preacher. He carries himself like that. All right? And there's folks I've seen, especially when they're walking out of 7-Eleven with a six-pack, they don't look like a preacher, all right? Uh, but anyways, and going on, you didn't see him, Brother Sal? You thought of Walter. Okay. Uh, listen. All right. Get up early. Don't rush. Read your Bible. Take, take pride in your appearance. Give God thanksgiving and praise. It's amazing how you can change your spirit when you start talking to the Lord and start thanking him for what he's done. Now, to do that, you're going to have to stop and think. I, I'll give you a challenge. Go through the Bible, and, and even if you want to just go to the New Testament, see how many times it says, remember, or remind them, or put them in remembrance. Paul tells the same thing to each of the churches. He tells it to Timothy. He tells it to Titus. Uh, Peter tells it in his epistles. Uh, remember. Folks even forgot that they were saved because they failed to remember what God had done for them. And working in faithfulness in that. And so you spend time, if you'll stop and think, well, what, I wonder if God's done anything for me. Are you saved? That's something to thank God for. 
what he's provided for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I heard a song the other day. I, I, I have music on while I'm doing my treadmill thing. And uh, it helps pass time, all right? I can do about half a song and I'm done. But anyways, no, it was uh, it, it, some song about I thank God for the things I missed. You know, and, and, and they missed all the, the sin and they missed all the other stuff because it got saved when they were younger and working with that. And realize the importance of life. Stop and thank God and praise God. So, again, the psalmist, praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Thank you for his mercy. He didn't give you what you deserve. That's what mercy is. You didn't, you, you're not going to hell because God said, I'm going to be merciful to you. I'm going to provide a payment for hell. And I'm going to provide Jesus Christ as your payment. Be thankful for that. Uh, he, thank him for his grace. He's going to give you what you don't deserve. He's going to give you heaven. Think of God's goodness to you. David said in Psalms 105.1, Oh, give thanks in the Lord. Call upon his name and make known his deeds among his people. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, Psalms 97.12. Ye righteous and give thanks at the remembering of his holiness. You know how you learn to give thanks? Start remembering. Now, you have to be careful. So I'm going to do that while I'm driving to work. Good, good thing to do unless you get like me. When I get thinking about how good God is, my, my eyes cloud up, and I start crying. And it's not a good time to try to drive while you're crying. It just doesn't work. Uh, I, the, some of these folks up here can sing while they're crying. I sing, and I start crying, my throat closes up. Some of you wish I'd cry more while I'm singing. But anyways, I, 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 can't, I can't sing, I can't talk, or whatever, because I, just, I get happy. He said, Brother Farber, why do you do that? I think about how good God is. That song the, the, the quartet just sang. I mean, just, actually, I wanted to come out and just take a lap or two, all right? But I hadn't taken any Geritol, and I figured I'd give out about half a lap. But do you stop and realize, stop and think of God's goodness to you and thank him and praise him for what he's done for you. You say, well, Brother Parker, should we do that? The Bible says in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. All right? You say, well, I want to do God's will. Then start thanking him and praising him for what he's done for you. And that's what praise is, is thanking God. That's what it tells us in Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of, unto God continually. That is, what is it? The fruit of our lips giving thanks. So you stop and think. You know why folks aren't thankful? They don't think. They don't think. By the way, young people, you'll be more thankful for your parents if you stop and think about what they've done for you. And adults, you'd be more thankful for your parents as well. You say, oh, they're getting old and hard to get along with like you, Brother Farber, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Stop and think the price they paid and what they've done for you. I didn't come up in a Christian home, but I thank God for my parents. My dad's going in having surgery tomorrow, and I'll be praying for him. But I thank the Lord for my dad, 87 years old. And, and, and stop and realize the input he's put in my life. And, and it, you say, well, you're not much. Well, he made me what I am, and that's all we can get. So, all right? But stop and realize. I thank God every day for, for those who have had an influence on my life. For Mr. Bennett showing me how to go to heaven and trusting Christ as my Savior and led me to Christ. But I thank God also for the preachers that I've had in my life. I think of Brother Hiles every day. It's hard to believe he, he's been in heaven almost 19 years now. But I think of him and the input he's had on my life. And Dr. Robertson, when I went to college there at, at Tennessee Temple and the pastors, I think of the people, <laughs> Brother Corsine's here. He was one of the original seven that was at the church I went at in North Carolina. Bless their heart. They put up with me. All right, green as a gourd. But we had fun. It's all folks saved and church grow and God bless in a great way. But I, but I think, because you say, well, they, I, as pastor, you did stuff for them, but they did so much for me also. Any input in my life. Stop and think of the friends that you have here. Some of you ladies couldn't get by. Miss Ruth didn't come hug you every time she saw her in the service. 
All right? He said, oh, but wait a minute. Or Brother, brother Sally come, guys, hit you in the shoulder or, or put an arm around your shoulders or whatever. Or you ladies, he comes and says, you've got an ugly husband or whatever he says to you or whatever. All right? No, you stop and think of the folks that have had an influence in your life. I, I look across here and I, I think of the folks uh, of different things. And, and I hesitate, so I say, yeah. I got to know Jimmy Hudson before he, he ever came here. Didn't even know we'd Lord to bring our paths together. And he was working on his, his doctorate degree uh, while he was still over in, in England. And I knew the name. I knew of him. I think I talked to him a time or two. And I, I graded some of his work that he did. And the Lord, Lord brought the two of us together here. And what a dear friend. And what, what a good man. And others that I look around. and uh, Stop and think of those that God has brought across your path. We're, we're not thankful because we're not thankful. I'm thankful for my kids. They're all in Kansas, all right? No, I'm thankful for that, that, that they want to serve God and they want to be what God wants them to be. And, and I, I, I'm thankful for my wife, even though she talks and wore my ears out. She's the best wife I've ever had. <laughs> I'm so thankful for her. And, and stop and realize that, all right? How, how, to, how to have a good day, number five, all right? We're, we're running right through it. Avoid conflict. Avoid conflict. Barbara, you mean you just run from it? No, but I don't go kick it and stir it up. The, all of us that have lived in the South, you know about fire ants. You don't go kick a fire ant bed. You know? I'm going to go stomp on it and see what it does. No, you don't do it. Right? I remember uh, I, was, I had a farm in Alabama, and I remember on the farm we were, we were clearing some... <laughs> Some area for, for the summer palace. He said, what's the summer palace? The place we wired off with a, a hot wire, electric fence, uh, for the, to turn the hogs in. It was a swampy area, and it was cool, and whatever, and we called it the summer palace. Well, I had the bush hog, and I had the tractor, and I backed in over this one place to clear out next to there. And little did I realize that there was a hornet's nest in the ground right there. And so I backed into there. Of course, that bush hog's turning like that, cutting the weeds, and it stirred up the hornet's nest. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting on that tractor, and, and above my cowboy boots, up in between my knee and my thigh there, all of a sudden, that's something biting me and whatever. And I'm doing it, and all of a sudden, I'm going, they're all over the place. I headed to the summer palace, all right? I got in where the hogs was and getting in the mud and getting out of that stuff. I stirred up something. What happened? I failed to avoid conflict in that. I realize the importance. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife, the Solomon said in Proverbs. It, it says in Proverbs 23, it's an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. My Bible also says the fool has set his heart, there is no God. And also puts the ones that go in the middle in that same category. Trying to stir up something. Well, I'm going to go just kick that bear and punch that bear and see what happens. No, don't, don't, don't stir it up. Don't, don't get into it. Now, if God brings a fight to you, you take a stand. But a lot of folks get involved with stuff that they don't need to get involved with. I, I find a little secret in my life. If I can't fix it, I don't need to deal with it. Because we as men like to fix things. But why, for, why should I go over and say, well, let me, let me see how I can do it. It's not my area. It's not my responsibility. I don't need to get involved with the thing. Because if I can't fix it, I'm going to get frustrated. And if I'm frustrated, I'm not having a good day. So I just learned a long time ago, I can't control the weather. All right? So there's a lot of things I can't control, a lot of things you can't control. So, so I get all upset about it. And if, preacher used to say a lot of times, so you, you can't change anybody. Only God can change them. 
So you make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and let God do the changing and work with it. Avoid conflict. He that is a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. That's one of my favorite verses. All the skinny folks. It's in the Bible right there. He that trusts in the Lord shall be made fat. So all you skinny folks, Brother King, you need to walk with God more, all right? No. Uh, by the way, no, stop and realize that you trust in God, and he'll take care of you and give you the strength and the power that you need, all right? Uh, number six, laugh as much as possible. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Learn to laugh. Learn to laugh at yourself, all right? Brother Fox, I went back over and he said, you, you know, they, you said they were on deposi- or depositions. And I didn't know that I said that, but I knew that if he heard that, my wife would tell me that. Because the wives are always there to tell us when we made up and said something wrong or whatever. And I said, no, I didn't say that. She'd go listen to the tape back then, you know, listen to the tape. Uh, She's there to help us keep down the straight and narrow and and do what needs to be done. And so I decided to come up, all right, I'll go ahead. But listen, I didn't say that I'm getting huffy about it. Laugh about it. Uh, When I was teaching a Sunday school class, folks, I can't believe you said that about your wife and laugh about that. My wife and I cut up and laugh all the time. And it's even more fun that we're older. You're shaking your head, Miss Kim. You're not even old. I mean, there's things we do. I mean, she'll go and open the refrigerator and try to figure out what she was fixing for lunch. And it's breakfast time. You know, I mean, it's, you you got all kinds, I mean, you you go, I'm sure the secretaries at the office laugh at me because I'll walk out of my office, walk over, stand in their office and go, (laughs) they'll say, you forgot what you were going to do, didn't you? Yeah, I have. And it's a, but listen, I don't get upset. I laugh, have a good time, or whatever. I just figured, you know, I made their day. They talk about the little old man that waddles around the office and what goes on, and then go with it. <laughs> See what they've been doing, too, all right? Uh, no, listen, you, you just learn to laugh. Learn to have a good time. There's a lot of things in life that's funny. And, and if you turn around, oh, I'm going to laugh. I don't have to have Red Skelton. Anybody know who he was? I, I don't have to have him to make me laugh, all right? And, uh, but, and by the way, if you're going to laugh at something, you might as well learn to laugh at yourself and have a good time. There's a lot of funny things. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. Right? Just learn, learn to have fun. And, uh, and I do. And many times it's at my expense. Most times it's at my wife's expense. But that's part of the fun. I have a daughter that's an airhead. All right? Uh, she's a space cadet. And now you, you say, Brother Barbara, I've called her that all her life. I've called her a monkey. Then she started working where we now have offices for the church, which used to be the monkey farm. And, boy, I had fun with that. All right? And we cut up and laugh. When our family gets together, it's laughing and cutting up and having a good time. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Gripe and complain and bellyache and whine? No. Learn, learn to have a good time. He said, but they're laughing at me. Well, then laugh yourself at, your, at yourself, too. And a lot of times you'll get laughing, and, and you, then you forget about what you're even laughing about. And when our family gets together... You know, and they'll get giggling, laughing, and whatever, and then they're all going off, and then two or three of them got to get up and run to the bathroom because they're laughing so hard. And uh, but whatever, just learn to have a good time and laugh. My wife has the ability, and it, it's, it's unreal. She is so brilliant that we'll be driving down the road, and she'll talk. She did it this evening on the way here. That guy in the jeep, he's thinking this and doing this. I don't know what that guy in that other car's thinking, <laughs> but she knows what they're thinking. And if they don't turn their turn signal on, she'll tell them. She, she could be one of the, the color commentators for a sports thing. You know, now the quarterback's up there, and this is what he's thinking. And the tackle turned around, he's got gas. 
and, and, and the guard can't remember which way he's going because you know how guards are, Billy. And, and, and you know, and she's got, she's talking all the time about this. Now it's nice that my, my hearing aid is broke because I just hear her mumbling over there. But I, she's all, you know. You say, what do you do? We laugh. We have a good time. He say, you are crazy. How's your life going? I'll be married 50 years, May 29th. We've never had a fight. We've never had a fuss. She's never broken a... She's got three rolling pins for our wedding. And not one lump on my head's from a rolling pin. I got a lumpy head, but not from a rolling pin. Frying pan jets, but no rolling pins. All right? We have a happy life. He said, Brother Barber, how can you do that? Because the first 12 years of my life, I heard all the fussing and cussing and hollering I ever wanted to have in my life. And I decided when I get married, that ain't happening. I know that's not proper English, but it ain't happening in my house. I found out it takes two people to fight. And if she's ready to fight, I'm not fighting. I just say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You say, you're a wimp. How's your marriage? How's it going? How to have a good day. Laugh as much as possible. Make yourself content. Notice the word there. Make yourself content. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, Not that I have respect of, uh, speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever I stayed I'm in, therewith to be content. Make yourself content. I, and, and I know I'm a weirdo. Amen? Y'all chicken. All right? <laughs> You're nodding your head, though, aren't you? Uh, I, I, I know I'm there. We don't go shopping unless we need something. If I go window shopping, I buy a piece of glass to put in the window. Now, you like to shop? God bless you. I never go looking at the new car. Oh, do you see the new cars out? No. Of course, you got to remember, i got a wife who can tell you what that car's thinking over there, so we're, we're good. <laughs> I, I, I don't do it. Because I don't want to create an appetite in me that I can't fulfill. Now, young people, I'm the bad dad, okay? I never ask my children for a list of what they wanted for Christmas. Never. Because if I did, they asked them for that and I couldn't get it for them, then I'd feel like I failed them. So that's just me. So we're always happy Christmas. you got to understand, my daughter's a space cadet. I could buy her a pack of search, wrap each one up individually, and she'd get excited ten times. You know, so we, we had fun. Uh, and, and that's just the way our life was. But I, 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 I'm content with what I have. I don't drive by and say, boy, I wish I had a bigger house or a newer car or a fancier job or more money. God knows what's best for me. He's ordered my steps, and I'm satisfied. I'm content with what I have. Now, I always want to grow, and you notice I'm doing quite well with that. I want to, I want to, I want to grow in, in grace. I want to grow in, 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 in my Christian life. I want to be more of what God wants me to do. I set goals for my life. I, I, I set goals for, for souls to be one. So many times reading through my Bible and things like that, I do that. But I've, I've learned to be content. My wife and I go on cruises because preacher put us on a cruise because I wouldn't go. He put me out and said, you're off for a week and I'll be back in two days. And so he said, put him on a cruise. He can't swim that far. And so he's put me on a cruise. She loves the cruise. She can tell you every cruise we've been on, where we're at, what we did. I, the only one I remember is one where we were someplace with four-wheel four dune buggy type things and dodging potholes. And the only reason I remember it is because she was supposed to drive one, I was supposed to drive one, and uh, <laughs> that ain't happening. All right. The guy came back and said, you got anything ready? He says, how do I start it? <laughs> what do I do? He says, you want to ride with that guy? He said, yeah. And so we, we did that and, and stuff like that. But uh, we, we're happy with what we have. See, don't you wish you had more money? I've got what God wants me to have. I'm laying up treasures in heaven. When I get there, I'll have a lot. 
I'm probably a millionaire up there. But learn to be content with what God's given you. See, don't you wish you had a bigger wife? She's bigger than when I married her. I've increased my investment. <gasps> oh, I would never say that. All right? I'm bigger than one she married, too. All right? Now, our, our return on investments are a little bit different. But uh, stop and realize how blessed you are. Say, don't you wish you had more children? No. I, I'm, fixing, I'm fixing to be married to a great-grandmother. Can you believe that? I haven't figured out how to figure that out. Can't wait till the baby's born because I've never kissed a great-grandma before. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, stop it. Be content with what you have. Wouldn't you like to have your kids next to you? I want my kids exactly where God wants them. See, that's part of it. But learn to be content with what God has given you. Number, where are we at? Number eight, do something for others. How to have a good day? Do something for others. Get your eyes off of yourself. My life's so sad. I got so much to do, and I don't know what I want to do. I, I, listen, find somebody else you can help. I used to tell our ladies and, uh, when I was pastoring, and somebody, well, they're having a bad day or whatever. I said, go, go by the flower shop. We had Laurel Hill Flower Shop down a mile from where we, our, our church was. I said, go buy a dozen carnations and go down to the hospital and just go from room to room, find somebody that doesn't have a visitor and give them a carnation. Get your eyes off yourself. Do something for somebody else. By the way, it doesn't have to be something expensive. You don't have to turn around and say, I'm going to give everybody a $100 bill. No, just find something. Give somebody a smile. Give them a kind word. Find somebody that you can encourage. Paul said in Philippians 2.3, Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let us esteem others better than ourselves. You know, folks are having bad days and rough days. They may not be as blessed as you are. They may not, have, they may not be saved. But you can give them the gospel. You can encourage them. How, how, how come you're always happy? Let me tell you why I'm happy. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. You'd be shocked the number of folks I've led to Christ because after battling cancer, they, I, I don't know how you can do it, Rachel Farber. I don't know how you can do it. And I'd go into the bank and the tellers would say something or whatever. And the guy behind, you had cancer? Yeah, well, how come you're still smiling? Let me tell you why. Tell them what Jesus has done for me. Folks, all I deserve is hell. Anything beyond that is a bonus. It's a plus. I have so much to be thankful for. And God has blessed me. I mean, he's blessed me with a bunch of folks that I know and have grown to love in the last 20-some years I've been here. Well, some of you. But learn, learn to be a blessing to other people. Look for ways to help them. Look not every man on his own things, Paul says in Philippians 2, 4, but every man also on the things of others. All right, number nine, we're almost through. Be thankful throughout the day, not just in the morning. I mentioned that about praising God, being thankful. Be thankful throughout the day. All right, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you, in Christ, uh, will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalms 55, 17 says, Evening, morning, and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and, and, shall, and he shall hear my voice. All through the day, stop and think of God's goodness to you and be thankful for it. I thank God, and, and I pick on my wife. I thank God many times. She can tell you how many times I said, boy, we sure are blessed. And sometimes I'll cut up with her and say, I'm blessed because you have me. All right, and I know. But turn around. she says, I'm amazing. And I take that the, uh, the, the probably a different way. That means I'm corny, corny, maize, corn. So she thinks I'm corny. All right, and we twist things around and cut up and whatever. Uh, we, we just have a good time. But be thankful throughout the day. How, how do you do that? We come back to what we said earlier. You stop and be thankful. Stop and think about the goodness of God. Somebody cuts you off on the interstate, instead of fussing them, stop and think about how good God is. 
they could have not cut you off. They could have hit you. I mean, you, you drive up Argyle Forest at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and you make it from one end to the other, you had a lot to be thankful for. <laughs> you know, God's angels and camp around about you are working overtime. Or, or head towards the Buckman, you know, when, during, during tri, uh, rush hour, things like that. There's so many things to stop and be thankful for. Listen, every husband here ought to stop and thank God many times a day for the wife that God's given him, that she puts up with you. And every wife ought to thank God for the husband that you have. You say, oh, but Brother Farber, he could be better. Yeah, and he could have chose somebody else too. You know, he's not too smart. Now, I've heard that in counseling. My husband's just not too smart. Oh, I'm saying, yeah, look who he picked, you know. But, you know, but uh, you got to be careful how you say things, you know. <laughs> Uh, learn to be thankful and be thankful oftentimes. And then the last one I put down, fall asleep thinking on how good God's been through the day. Oh, I'm so tired. Boy, I don't know what I'm going to do. If you're tired at the end of the day, you know what? You're supposed to be tired. You worked, and that's why he lets you rest and get some sleep. But you stop and think about the goodness of God. Again, the verse I thought about is Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight in the law, Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. When you get ready to pillow your head, confess your sins, three hours later you stop and think of the goodness of God. No. Have short accounts with God, and, and hopefully you don't wait till the end of the day to get things right if you messed up. But stop and think about the goodness of God and how good he's been throughout the day. But probably I had some troubles. You know, everything he brought across your path was a reason, unless you got off the path. But you can get back on the path. I've had a habit for years and years and years. If I wake up in the middle of the night, and the older I get, the more I wake up during the middle of the night. But I ask God when I pull my head, if somebody needs prayer, somebody needs to put them on my mind, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll think about them, and I'll pray. We've got some men here that struggle with trying to sleep and, and getting a good night's rest, whatever. They're on my list. I pray for them. When I wake up, I ask God to take care of them, watch over them, give them the rest they need, give them the sleep that they need. And, and go, but stop and think. How do you have a good day? I'm, and folks, it, it, I'm not preaching. I'm telling the truth. I, I have good days all the time. I don't have bad days. I have nothing to complain about. Nothing. He said, but you've had some rough times. God's always been there. He takes care of me. And but I'm no better than anybody else. I just, I just stop and remember how good God is to me. And God's been that good to you, too. He said, but my father, you know what I've been through, but he brought you through it. You ever stop and look at the different stories about when the, the disciples were out on the ship in the storm? I mean, we know the one about him walking on the water and getting to the ship. Peter steps out and whatever. Sometimes he's got, he, he was awakened, he woke up in the ship and just peace be still and it all laid out. Sometimes he got on the ship and immediately they were at the other side of the shore. How'd they get there so quick? See, sometimes he, 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 he goes with you through the storm. Sometimes he takes you through the storm. Sometimes he, he just gets rid of the storm. But you know what the common denominator is? He's there. He's there. And so many times we're looking here instead of looking up. And we run like Peter. Lord, carest thou not that we perish? Oh, he cares. And it might be the storm that you need because he, but as you look at those stories, he told them to get in the boat and go. So they were in God's will. They were on the path God had for them. And the storm came up. So what was the purpose of the storm? So they put their eyes on the Lord. So they trust him more. 
and depend on it. And pastors taught on that many times, preached on it many times. The Lord, th- Lord brings things across our path for a reason. Right? But he's there. And through that storm, keep on going. But don't complain about it. Lord, why has this happened to me? Uh, what, what he, what's he trying to teach you? I, I don't ask God why. Because the Bible says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are my thoughts. My, our thoughts. His ways are so far above me. I, I wouldn't understand why if he explained it to me. But I do ask him, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? How can I help somebody else in this? And, 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 and I, I have that sweet assurance according to the word of God, not because I feel good or whatever. I have it because the Bible says it, that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's there with me through everything. And so as you start your day, start it with God. And go forward with him. Now, if you need a cup of coffee with God, he, he doesn't mind you drinking the coffee too, right? But have a cup of coffee in God. But, but don't t- sit around and have the mully grubs and know it's so terrible. Oh, you, Brother Harvey, you don't know what kind of day I have tomorrow. If you started off with God, you've got a great day. If you wake up in the morning, he gave you another day. There's a reason for it. Otherwise, he'd have taken you home through the night. And realize there's a purpose for all of it. For all those of us older, we have aches and pains. We have hurts. And the big battle we have is we want to do more than what we physically can do. And that's why I put down that that one thing, make yourself content. God let me to be 70 years old. God allowed me to be 80 years old. God allowed me. He's got a reason for it. Nothing more just to aggravate the young folks or whatever it might be, all right, or to spend the inheritance so the kids don't get it. Whatever it might be, you know, stop and realize God wants you to have good. Don't have a bad. Don't schedule a bad day. If you got a recipe for one, put it over here. Shred it. Get rid of it. And don't put that recipe together again. And go forward and serve God. Father, bless our folks. Help us.